outside or something. Sorry, I'm not very good at on the fly words. We'll just let it go and pick up the last song. All right, we're going to have everybody sit down. We're obviously having some technical problems with uh, with the sound, but uh, we're just going to for it. John. <laughs> well, today we are continuing with part two of our series on pain. The series is called "Where Is God When It Hurts." Um, I don't know about you, but it just feels to me like we've been holding on to so much pain for a long time. Um, our world is in strife right now. I mean, there's, there's battles over everything. There's battles over politics, battles in sexual identity, battles over racial issues, battles over COVID responses, a full-scale war in Ukraine, which I think secretly we all fear might turn into something much bigger, like a world war. And, and there's a lot of fear in that. And of course, we've had a very painful week nearby with our neighbors in Smithsburg after another shooting there. And uh, we pray for those folks there. There just are not words to express, I think, how it would be for local families to get a text alert or turn on the news and to hear that three local people are dead and one is seriously injured. And this is in our neighborhood. This is so close by to us. And um, it's just so strange. I don't know about you turning on CNN and other channels this week and just seeing them talking about what's almost our neighborhood. There's a lot of fear in that. And it's a very painful reality. And I think we've been holding on to so much pain through COVID and through this whole period of time that, that we don't know what to do with that. Inside the Church of God, we've, we've seen Christian leaders who are so loved and so respected, they've, they've just blown up their ministries, and uh, there's so much tension and, and fear because of that, and so many hurt people have been storing up inside all this stuff, and that doesn't even begin to address the personal hurts that you're going through that you might have in your life right now. As the compassionate people of God, I think we tend to take on other people's pain. We hold on to it. But what do we do with it? The Bible says that God can use all of the pain that we have in our lives to do something, something good in you and something good in the lives of the people around you. He can transform that. He can make something new out of it. Rick Warren says that most people waste their pain um, we go through pain, but we learn nothing out of it. We just sort of, you know, we experience it and we just push it away as fast as we can, and that's a natural thing. But we need to look at our pain and see what we can learn from it. God wants to do something very good with it. Um, after I mentioned last week that after Rick and Kay Warren's son committed suicide back in 2013, Rick was just consumed with pain. He was filled with pain. He didn't know what to do with it. And, and so he spent some time in retreating. He, he dug into the Bible and read all about what, what the Bible has to say about pain. And uh, he came up with a kind of a, a three-point outline that he shared in his church. We're going to borrow from that for our series. Um, the first question that he came up with was, how can God use my pain for good? 
I mean, how could he do that? It just doesn't seem like that. I know the Bible says that, but it doesn't seem like that. And so that was his first question. We talked about that last week, and if you missed that, you can check that on our website or, or on your podcast app. We'll be there. Today, we're asking the question, how can I benefit from my pain? That also seems impossible, but how can I benefit from it? And in two weeks' time, we're going to look at the question, how can I use my pain to help others? Everybody experience, experiences pain. Everybody has pain. You might ask yourself, well, what do I do with it all? God wants to make the terrible and unbearable into something very special. He wants to turn ashes into gold. He wants to use that pain for your good. And so that's where we're coming from this morning. Would you pray with me as we launch into it? Heavenly Father, we have many questions about pain. Sometimes life feels so painful that we wonder where you are. We wonder, do you even care? But you have whispered in your still, small voice, I love you. And you've shown us in your word that you care very much about what happens to us and what we're going through, even now. So I ask you to reveal yourself today in your word and in us. Show us what to do with all that pain. Let us bring you glory, even in the midst of pain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I've often been asked through many years of ministry, you know, if God is so good, how come there's so much pain in this world? I mean, how come it even exists? In fact, even a thousand years ago, Solomon asked exactly this same question. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he said, so what do people get for all their hard work and struggles on the earth? Their lives are filled with pain, and their work is filled with grief. Even at night, their minds don't rest. It doesn't make sense at all. Their lives are filled with pain. It actually says that in Scripture. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. Maybe you feel like it just doesn't make any sense. Over the years, I've counseled and prayed with a lot of people who have been going through pain. And I can tell you this much. This verse seems to sum up how they feel at the time they're going through it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like it makes any sense. But why so much pain? I'll be very honest with you. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I know you probably think I do, but I don't. I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know exactly why there is so much pain. In fact, it's on my list of questions to ask God when I get there in heaven. It's, uh, Lord, why this? Why did we go through this? But I do know some reasons, some of the reasons that we go through pain. Sometimes we experience pain because of the choices we make. Other times it's because of the choices that other people make that affect us. And then there are those odd and random weird things that happen to us. Things that seem to come out of the blue, uh, like disasters, for example. And then there are things like certain diseases that attack and for no reason, through no fault of your own. We have no control over many of these things. Last week in part one of this series, I gave you a practical definition of pain. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, we said that pain is a warning light that something is wrong. It reminds us. It's like when that dashboard light comes on and says the oil is low. Something's wrong, and we need to pay attention to it. We need to deal with it. 
Otherwise, you'll have to go see Justin and get that thing fixed. Pain is a warning sign. It's inevitable in life, right? I mean, it's not optional. Everybody goes through pain. You can't opt out of it. Nobody gets to go through life pain-free. And we're not just talking about physical pain here. We're talking about every kind of pain, emotional pain, mental pain, relational pain. We go through a lot of that, don't we? Spiritual pain, financial stress and pain, any kind of pain that you can think of because we live in a broken world, a world that has been changed and affected. It's not the way God intended it to be when he created the world because sin came into the world and not only corrupted the human beings but corrupted the entire planet on which we live. And it's, too, shouting out and waiting for redemption, just like we are. But let me tell you something. If we focus only on our pain and how much it, how much it hurts, I guarantee you that that root, that, that root of bitterness that Kathy was just talking about up here, you know, that we get angry and we get bitter and that, that starts small and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and it's hard to get rid of. And it takes hold of our heart. You know that uh, there have been a lot of studies that have been done about pain, and they found out that you can handle enormous amounts of pain in your life if, and here's the big if, if you feel there's a purpose in it, or if you feel that it can be used in some way, that it will turn into or bring some kind of good. If that's the case, then we can handle an enormous amount of pain in our lives. I don't know if this thing's working this morning at all. No? We'll just leave that one up there because it looks pretty. Oh, wait a minute. We got slides. Romans 8.28. It's one of the great promises of the Bible. In Romans 8.28 it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Now notice it says that in all things, Things. It doesn't say in some things. It says in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, it's not saying that everything that happens to us is good. What it's saying is that God will work in it because you are a believer. He will work in your life and he will do something good with that. We believe that God created us, as a church we believe this, as we believe he created us for five basic purposes that you find them in scripture and we have those up higher on the wall all lined across we had them on our slides running this morning you'll find it in your bulletin and it's on our website these are five life principles that we believe very strongly and that we find in the scripture uh, first of all and primarily we believe that god created you for worship he created you to worship him to bring glory to him with your life he wants you to know him, and he wants to love you. In fact, you were made to be loved by God. You may not realize that, but God made you to love you. God knows everything about you, and still he loves you. And we respond to that in worship. That's our primary purpose. And you were also created to know and to love one another. God forms us into a family. We call that fellowship or community. It's a group that we're bonded together in a common cause. Uh, you ever read uh, Tolkien's Fellowship of the Ring? Maybe you saw the movie. Maybe you've seen it 20 times like some folks. Well, what is the Fellowship of the Ring? 
This is a group of individuals who are bonded together in a common cause. The cause, the, you know, getting the ring, throwing it into Mordor, getting rid of it, destroying it. The common cause bonds them together. Well, our fellowship is a church, and we're bonded together because we love and we believe in Jesus Christ. And so we're bonded together in that. You're also created to grow spiritually and become like Christ. Uh, you were born again, yeah, that's true. When you come to know Jesus, you're born again. But that doesn't mean you get to stay a baby all your life. All babies grow up. And it's the growing up part that's discipleship. It's as we grow in the knowledge of the Lord and then in the practice of the things that we learn from and about Jesus, that's discipleship. We're also given talents by God to serve him and others. You are shaped for service. We call that ministry. You were made for ministry. You were made to take the things that you have been given by God and to use them. We're not just to suck in air. We're not here just to take up air. We're here to do things for God as well and for others. And finally, you were created to share the things that you were experienced, the things that you've learned from others. We call that witness. We share it with other people. We also call that outreach. Now, I know that's all kind of review, and we're going to be talking again about those five areas this summer. But I want you to get this. God uses our pain to help fulfill all five life purposes that we just talked about. He uses our pain to, to take us through all of these areas or use our pain in all of these areas. And we don't want to waste our pain. We want our pain to mean something. We want it to take us somewhere. So if you look at Paul and some of the things he wrote when the Galatians were having a difficult time and they took a step back in their faith, he said to them, have you gone through all of this for nothing? Is it really for nothing? I mean, you foolish Galatians, where are you going? What are you doing? Don't you want to learn from this? Don't you want to grow from this? Don't you want to end up going somewhere? We don't want to go through life and not learn from what we go through. We want to benefit from the experiences, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So here's five ways I want to tell you this morning that you can benefit from your own pain if you'll make these choices, if you'll make some choices along the way. The first thing is to use my pain to draw closer to God in worship. Now, you know when anything happens painful in your life, you, you probably have one of two reactions. You, you end up running towards God or you end up kind of hiding from God or running away from God. And, and if we can take a step back for a moment and think about running away from God when we're at our, our most dire, when things are at their most dire in our lives, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But sometimes we do that. The hurt makes us angry or bitter and we think that running away can protect ourselves from the hurt. But God is the healer, and he's the one who can heal you and restore you and help make you ready to face the world again. You know, when we turn to God in our pain, we get more honest. I mean, when you're rubbed raw, 
when you're really hurting. That's, there, there's no room for nonsense there. There's only room for honesty. And when you're in that condition and you come to God, you get more honest. You can, you can tell God, maybe you don't know this, but you can tell God, I'm angry. Your prayers get more real when you're upset and when you're hurt and when you're in pain. God can handle, handle your anger. He's got big shoulders. He's a big God. And God can handle all the hurt that you bring to him. Same answer. He's a big God, and he can handle it. We say that Jesus went to the cross for sin, but, and that's true. But I don't think we think through the ramifications of that. What does that mean? Most of our pain in life is caused from sin or from the corruption of sin in this world. And so Jesus going to the cross, therefore, uh, you know, the, the, at least part of his going to the cross was to carry the burden of the pain that we have and to bring healing from what sin caused. Now, we don't just get over our grief, right? It just doesn't work like that. We don't just say, oh, get over it and you're done the next day. That doesn't work like that. We can't pretend that pain never happened. But with Jesus' help, we can process our pain and we can experience healing. And it may take a while. You know, in your pain, worship gets more real. Your heart gets more tender. When you're hurting and grieving, sometimes the only thing that gets you through those times is an alone time with God, just to get with God and to, to talk with him. And, and that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you through your tears. So you can use your pain to draw closer to God in worship. And, and, and you wonder, how, how do I do that? How do I really do that? Well, here's what you do. You don't tell him what you think he wants to hear. You don't tell him what you think you ought to say. You get gut honest and, and you tell him, God, I'm in pain. You cry out to him. You tell him exactly what you're feeling, exactly where you're at. God, I don't like this pain. God, why are you letting me have this pain? It's okay to ask that question. Nine times out of ten, God didn't directly give you that pain. You lament. Did you know that one-third of the Psalms, 50 of the 150 Psalms, one-third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament? Lament is not a modern practice. It's not something we do. We've talked about it in the past, but we don't talk about it very often. Did you know that it can be a spiritual discipline to complain to God? Now, I know some people have made an art form out of that, but... It can be deeply spiritual to tell God what you think is wrong. <laughs> it can be spiritually deep to complain about, this is what's going on in my life and I don't like it. You know, you can worship God in all different phases of your grief if you're going through grief. You can express your shock when something shocking happens. You can unload your sorrow. You can surrender yourself. You can ask God, I mean, ask him, Lord, please use this pain that I'm going through to do something good. Paul does this. You know, if we look at 2 Corinthians 18, 
It says, when we were crushed and overwhelmed and we saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, Let me rephrase, let me go back and say that again, right. When we were crushed and overwhelmed and we saw how powerful, uh, how powerless we were to help ourselves, that, but that was good for we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us, and he did help us. You know, when I'm in pain, it's time for me to draw closer to God, not further away. It's time for me to trust God more, to worship God more, to turn to God more, to surrender to God more. That, that whole process, making those choices, can really make a difference. The second thing is we can use our pain to draw close to others in fellowship. The second purpose of your life is fellowship. And learning to love other people is part of that. Joining with them, being bonded to them. If you will allow it, pain will deepen your love. Maybe you haven't thought about that, but pain can mature your love because suffering sensitizes you. You know, some people who've never been through any difficult experiences in life can be pretty hard. They can be pretty callous. C.S. Lewis wrote a book about pain called The Problem of Pain. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's an excellent book, but it's interesting. He, he taught classes and he counseled based on some of the material that he wrote in the book, and then he experienced a deep, deep loss in his life when his wife died of cancer. And he said, I don't think I ever knew pain. He said that he didn't think that he understood pain really until he experienced it at that deep level. And I don't think he looked at pain ever the same way again. You can see it coming out in his writings. And, and I think he learned to love people in a very different way than he had before he had that experience. Pain gives you empathy. And empathy walks well with others who are suffering. Pain will give you grace. It'll draw you close to people if you are honest with God and honest with other people, and maybe especially honest with yourself. The deepest level of fellowship in the Bible is called the fellowship of suffering. Galatians 6.2 says, By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Now, how did Jesus summarize the law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, or your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It helps us to do that. The deepest love, the truest fellowship shows up when people are in pain. And that's why you're going to have to use your pain and enter into the pain of other people to understand that real connection, that deep koinonia, that real fellowship, the belonging. You know, it's, you ever notice, like, maybe you're in a small group and you've noticed this, is that, you know, when somebody's going through a really difficult time and they share that in the group, 
and the others gather around and you pray together and there's often lots of tears together, not just the person who's going through the experience. And you come away from that experience somehow in a deeper bond. Because that's how God works in us. He draws us together that way. The third thing this morning I want to say is that, that I can use my pain to grow more like Jesus in discipleship. Now, how does that work? Every pain in your life, every single pain, becomes an opportunity to grow in character. Spiritual growth is not automatic, right? It doesn't just happen. I said last week that most of what I've learned in life, most everything important, I think, I learned through pain and struggle. Once you're saved, God's number one purpose in your life is to make you like Jesus. You were born into God's family, but now he wants you to grow up, and he wants you to grow up just like the Lord. So how does God make you like Jesus? Maybe by taking you through or allowing you to go through some of the things that Jesus himself went through. Were there times that Jesus was lonely? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was frustrated? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was misunderstood? How about criticized? Did he grieve? Did he suffer? Were there times when Jesus was in pain? Yes, yes, yes. He went through all of those things. I call that identifying with the suffering of Christ. We go through pain as Jesus went through pain. We go through a lot of those same things that Jesus went through. Hebrews 5.8 says... So even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now that's a strange thing, isn't it? We don't think of Jesus, the son of God, like that. But that's what scripture says. And if Jesus learned obedience from suffering, how do you think we're going to learn it? Maybe by going through some of the same things that, that Jesus did. You know, Paul complimented the Corinthian church uh, he didn't often compliment the Corinthian church, but he compliments the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 7 and 11. And I like the way Peterson puts it when he writes in the message here. He says, now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. Now again, he's not saying the pain was good. He's not saying the, the bad thing, the distress that happened is good, but he's saying the results, what happens at the other end, what the transformation that takes place in us when we go through such things. That's the exciting part. That's the part he calls wonderful. Sometimes I wonder about Paul, you know, uh, when you're in the situation, maybe you don't want to hear these words, right? It's not the time, but afterwards you begin to realize God really did use this thing to make a change in me. And the distress for the Corinthians brought them into a closer walk with God, a deeper discipleship, and it produced in them more Christ-likeness. And it says they produced purity of heart. Purity of heart. 
I think about the things that happened to the Apostle Paul. Think about all the things that happened to him, right? I mean, he was put in jail. We know he was whipped five different times. We know he was beaten with rods. He was stoned once. He was shipwrecked and set adrift at sea. He faced death countless times. But he still grew closer to God as he went along. A few minutes ago, I said that, you know, if you can handle almost any pain if you see a purpose behind it. Well, Paul never lost sight of the purpose of his calling in Christ Jesus. He never gave up being the disciple that God called him to be. He kept his eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Fourth thing I want to show you this morning, and that is that I can use my pain to be more sensitive in serving others. We talked about sensitivity last year, but, but now we're turning it around and making it a ministry. That's the fourth purpose of your life, right? God wants to use that pain in your life to serve other people, and that's ministry. Contrary to, to popular belief, you are not put here to live for yourself. That's not why you were put here. So how does pain help you become effective at serving others? Well, as we said about fellowship, it sensitizes you to the pain in other people. You feel it in others. So, for example, if you've gone through a divorce, you know what it feels like to be divorced. You know what it feels like to have that break. And so you can share with somebody who's going through that, and you can be a minister to that person. If you've gone through the loss of a loved one, you know what that feels like. If you've faced cancer or a major physical problem, you know what that feels like. If you've been rejected, you know what that feels like. And Rather than focusing on my pain, I know this is hard to do, but I need to redirect or refocus my, my pain so that I can help other people who are also in pain, the same kind of pain. God wants to redeem your suffering. Redemptive suffering is when you use the pain that you're going through to help other people. I worked in recovery ministry for a couple of years, and, and in recovery, we always tried to find a lot of leaders and workers who had been through something for which they needed recovery. Because we found that former addicts or people who have struggled with codependent relationships or a whole long list of things, it helps if you've been there. It helps if you've been there. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 through 6 says this. It says, God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Then when others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Whatever the pain is you have, whatever the pain is that you're in, God wants to use that to help others. We're going to spend a whole Sunday on that in a couple of weeks. But, but just think about that and pray about that. Now let me give you the last one here. God wants to use my pain as a witness to the world. Boy, that's the last thing I want to do. I want to take all my pain and hang it out the window so everybody can see it. But that's one of the best things that you can do with it. You know, we think the world is impressed with our success. 
We think the world is impressed with our, gener- our prosperity and, and all of the things that go with that. Oh, look at me. Look at how good I'm doing because I love Jesus. And, and the world is actually more impressed with how you handle adversity. When you're going through pain, all the non-believers around you, what are they looking at? They're checking you out. Now we're going to find out if this guy's real. Now we're going to see if this person is talking out of both sides of their mouth or if this faith is real that they're going through. They'll watch you. And they might say, what does it mean to be a Christian when you're going through the same kind of pain that I'm going through? What does that mean? What does it look like in you? It doesn't mean being stoic. I think Christians have this idea that, you know, when we go through things, we're, we're supposed to just look like everything's happy. Everything's going, you know, and I'm happy all the way. You know, it's, an, it's a, we just put this face on that isn't real. It's a mask. We don't have to do that. We need to be authentic. We need to be transparent. I hate to tell you this, but and some of you might want to hit me with your Bibles for making a negative confession here, but we have the same pain as everybody else does. We have the same pain as everybody else. We just have a different source of comfort. Amen? Boy, that was weak. Because <laughs> you're still thinking about it, right? I hope that's the case. We think our successes give us credibility, but actually it's our suffering that gives us credibility. Here in America, we have a very weak theology of suffering. We don't know what suffering is. Go anywhere else in the world and they have a strong theology of suffering. But here in America, uh uh-uh. We don't know what suffering is, what it does. But you know, the more you're honest about suffering in your life, The more vulnerable that you are, the more authentic that you are, the more powerful of an impact you're going to have in other people's lives. Because you're being real. That's what people want to see. And that's what God wants to see. The Apostle Paul did this too. In Philippians 1.12, he says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. Now, when he says here, what what is he talking about? All the bad stuff. He's writing from prison in Rome. He knows what it is to be in pain. He's using his pain for witness. He's modeling his message. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 says, In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers. He's talking about him and his companions in jail there. In everything we do... We show that we're true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. Now, here's something that I want you to hear. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this about pain and the pain maybe you've been through and the pain that you're going through. Your deepest life message will come out of your deepest pain. Let me say that again. Your deepest life message message will come out of your deepest pain. It will be your greatest witness. This is real. This is authentic. This is being a witness. This is the kind of testimony the world needs to see. Not Christians who are perfect, 
Not Christians who have everything together. Not Christians who always have the happy smile all the time, no matter what. Even when I got to stick it on there in the morning with my makeup, you know. They need to see Christians who are faithful when they're going through suffering. Now listen, every area where you've had pain in your life, and you may never have realized this, every area in your life where you've had pain is a testimony. Every area. And maybe you've been in debt. That's painful. But God has brought you through it. That's testimony. Maybe you've had physical pain, but God helped you get through it. That's a testimony. Maybe you've been in a relational pain and God helped you. That's a testimony. Everywhere you've had pain and God helped you, that's a testimony. So let me say, please, please, as your pastor, I'm asking you, don't waste your pain. Don't waste your hurt. There are people all around you who are going through some of the same things that you have been through. And they need your help. And I ask you to comfort them, to come alongside them. In fact, I'm going to ask you to pray that God will lead you to them. Because you have been through unique experiences, but not totally unique. Some of the things you've gone through, other people are going through. And they need to hear your story. It'll give them hope. It'll help them to stand up. It'll help them to keep going. It'll help them to continue on. I want to finish by uh, praying for everyone who's in pain. Uh, those of you who are in pain right now, uh, those maybe watching online who've uh, maybe never even received Jesus yet, I, I want to invite you to open your life to Christ. Give him whatever pain that you're experiencing right now. And that goes whether you know Christ or have just heard about him just now. Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for everyone who's with us here this morning, for those watching right now here in this room, for those online, for those who will watch it later on, wherever we are. Lord, you're speaking to us directly right now. And I, I know that the pain that every heart is feeling, you know it. I don't know it, you know it. I'm asking you to help every man, every woman listening right now, and I'm asking you to comfort them and comfort the pain in their heart, whatever it is. And Lord, help them benefit from their pain. Reveal your love to them and bring comfort. Lord, Help me to use my pain to draw closer to you in worship, to be closer to you and to pray more and to wait more and to listen more and to be quiet more. And, and Lord, I'm asking you to use the pain in my life to help me to learn how to truly love the people around me through fellowship. I want to have a sense of belonging, a sense of connection. And God, I ask you to use the pain in my life to make me more like Christ, Use this for good in my life. Build resilience in my life. Lord, I trust you in my pain. And Lord, I'm asking you to use the pain in my life to help me to help other people as a ministry.
and to take the things that I'm most embarrassed about or most discouraged about or maybe even most afraid of talking about and use them, use that deepest pain in my heart to help others. Help me to use the messages of pain in my life as a witness to others for Jesus' sake. If you've never opened your life to Christ, say, Jesus Christ, come into my life right now. Heal my heart and heal my hurt. I give myself completely to you. In your name I pray, amen. As always, I want to encourage you, if you have more questions, if you have things that you'd love to just sit down and talk to somebody about, it could be me, we have others who are just very gifted in this area that we can share with, and, and just please let us know because we don't want you to sit there and suffer by yourself. Why don't we want to be able to help you process what you're going through and, and maybe some of the questions that you have.